This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. Augustine Damer to midnight on 98.7 ESPN. We begin with the Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders. That game is 425 on Sunday. Mark Anderson does a tremendous job covering the Las Vegas Raiders for the Associated Press. He joins us now to give us a sneak peek at an interesting week of what's going on in Raider Nation. Mark Anderson, Larry Hardesty, and Gordon Damer in New York. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, kind of, kind of interesting week for sure. Mark, what made owner Mark Davis decide to um, uh, clean clean house? Was it the 30-12 loss to Chicago, or was it the Detroit Monday night loss, or was it a combination of everything? I think I think there are a lot of uh, things that went into it. Um, it, it. You know, being embarrassed on national TV, you know, anyone who watched that game knows that the final score doesn't, isn't, real, isn't indicative of how one-sided that game really was. Uh, Mark Davis also talked to a bunch of veteran players, getting their input. And I think he just came to this conclusion that um, that there was no real plan and how to move forward, no real urgency, and and that he had to make a move. And I'm not I'm not saying that uh, Josh McDaniels lost the locker room, but I also didn't think he won the locker room either. So I I just don't know that they really believed in what his plan was anymore. And I was in the locker room today, and it's uh, it was a different vibe, that's for sure, much 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 more relaxed. Mark, uh, just in terms of the owner, I don't know what your dealings have been with with him, but does he have a clue? Because it just seems like the Raiders right now are are, are kind of a hapless situation between hiring McDaniel's and then firing him a year and a half into into year two. Uh, this after the Gruden situation, it just seems like the entire organization is a mess. Does does Mark Davis has a does he have a real good finger on the pulse of how to get out of this? I don't know that he does, and he actually admitted that it's on him. He 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 said that he takes full responsibility, and and he said that the rec- he cannot deny the record over the years since he's been the owner, and and it's and it's not a good record. It's uh, it's, it's pretty poor history. So, um, it's funny because he owns the WNBA team, and it seems like he's made every right move for that organization. Um, but it, but with the NFL team, he just he just uh, he hasn't made good choices. I mean, Josh McDaniels had such a disastrous tenure in Denver, so it shouldn't have been a big surprise that he had a bad one in Las Vegas. And then before that, John Gruden, if you remember how it ended in Tampa Bay after after he won with Tony Dungy's players, once he started getting his own players, it, it, they regressed. So, um, so. That brings up the question: Can he make the right choice now to replace Josh McDaniels? And that's the big—that's something everyone is wondering. And and I don't know that he can. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll get maybe Jim Harbaugh to come back to the NFL. And be hard to argue with that kind of choice if he can get him. But who knows? He's he's got to prove he can do it. Is he Mark Harbaugh one of the numbers of of people on that uh, head coaching list? And and who's going to make the decision about the GM? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they. Uh, if you know, Harbaugh's out there. It's been speculated about. I don't know for sure that that's someone the Raiders are generally looking at. But uh, yeah, he might make. He might decide to 
hire the GM first and do the, then the head coach um, to help the GM or the GM have input in the hiring of the head coach. I don't really know how he's going to do it. He already may just fall in love with the head coach, which he, which is what he did with Gruden, which is what he did with McDaniels, and went and hired him anyway. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, um, it would surprise me no matter what what the order it goes in. Mark, one more about the the coaching situation. Um, what's the? Re- I know that Brady has. Uh, there's been talk about an ownership stake there. How close is he with Mark Davis? And do you think that that's somebody that that Davis is going to be relying on? when he makes his, his next decision? I think they're pretty close because Brady also bought a minority stake of the Las Vegas Aces uh, because of Mark Davis. And then he hasn't – it's not official yet with the Raiders getting a minority stake. Apparently there's a lot of owners concerned that Davis cut him too good a deal and they want to make sure that that's done properly. So that's that's the holdup on that. Um, so I think, that, I think they're pretty close. But Brady has said that – he wouldn't be a hands-on owner. He wouldn't have anything to do with decision-making or anything like that. It'd be more, I think it'd be more of a role where he's more of a figurehead. Uh, you know, he he gets the, the benefits of being an investor, but he's, he's you know, he shows, shows up on Sundays for game and gets introduced and that sort of stuff or showing to the big screen. But as far as, you know, having a, decision, a role in hiring and firing people, I don't, I don't see that happening. Mark Anderson covers the Las Vegas Raiders for the Associated Press. This is our Know Your Opponent segment as the Raiders will face the Giants this Sunday here. Uh, Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Mark, Antonio Pierce has been linebacker's coach now for just under two years. What have you seen from him that will help him as the interim right now? I think what they want to see is someone who brings energy to the room. And if you've been around Antonio Pierce for any length of time, you know he does that. And he said himself he's not going to be calling plays. He's not really going to have anything to do with the offense because it's not his side of the ball. And I don't think he's really going to have anything to do with making the calls on, on the defensive side. That's Patrick Graham's job. And and the defense has actually been fairly decent under Graham. Um, they they kept the offense in a number of games. It's just the offense hasn't been able to score anything. Um, so I don't I don't I think it's going to be he just wants to. He just wants to provide a boost of energy, and and uh, and and let the coordinators really be the be the ones who who kind of run the team. Um, but you know, I think I think one of the things Josh McDaniels didn't have is he didn't really have that lack of urgency, didn't have that energy, and you could feel. And yesterday, when Antonio Pierce came into the media room for the press conference, he just he was just boiling over with energy, and and the players today. Uh, said the same thing that that they they got the same same energy from them when they when they had their first meeting. Is the plan now to go with uh, O'Connell the rest of the way at quarterback? It is for now. Uh, I think ideally that's what they would like to do. Um, but you know, for three weeks from down the road, he's got you know fifteen interceptions and three touchdowns, and they may have to say, well. Let's go back to Jimmy G again, but I think ideally they really want to go with like O'Connell. They want to find out if he is their quarterback of the future, or if they have to go to the draft next year and 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 look for that player. It's really it's clear that Jimmy G is is just doesn't have it anymore. Brian Hoyer really is probably should retire. He you know he just he just uh, he hasn't won a game in what, seven years, and you know he, while losing at Chicago 
to a Division II quarterback is just really bad. So, you know, if it, if, if O'Connell can be at least halfway decent, I think they would take that. Obviously, they want they want him to be more than halfway decent, but but halfway decent be an improvement what they've had so far. Now, what's the challenge for him uh, this this Sunday, Mark? I mean, he's going to face a Giants defense with um, Wink Martindale that loves to blitz, and that that's you know pick that causes confusion for young quarterbacks. So, what have you seen from him? Can he handle that? This uh, what he's about to face. Well, his one start, he didn't. Uh, he, he had one start against the Chargers. Khalil Mack had six sacks by himself in that game. Um, and uh, O'Connell had an interception, two fumbles that were lost. So his one start, and that was in week four, his one start was uh, um, did not go over well at all. Um, maybe maybe that was maybe that experience will benefit him, though. He'll better have a handle, you know, He'll handle uh, the situation now that he's the, the, probably his full-time starting quarterback. But, you know, that Giants defense, I mean, you've seen that. You've seen it up close yourselves. I mean, it's, that's going to be quite a problem for him. And in, in, uh, at Detroit, uh, the, the Raiders gave up six sacks. So uh, the offensive line has got, uh, has got a big big problem in his hand. So I would, my guess is that you'll see a lot of pretty quick passes to try to, you know, hold the defense off and, you know, and try to get him into the game. So, and then you got to hope maybe Josh Jacobs uh, can finally break out of his rut. Mark, last one for me. Uh, I don't know what the rest of the Raiders' schedule is outside of the Jets and Giants coming up, but uh, I would think it would be hard to find more uh, a more winnable game than the one that they have this week against the Giants. What's been the conversation, if any, about the opponent for this week? There hasn't been much of a conversation. I'm sure in the in the room itself that it's, that's that's all their focus is on right now. But it's from the media standpoint, obviously, it's been the, the most of the questions have been about the the coaching change and all that. And and um, but uh, you know the Raiders have shown that they uh, they they can lose games that they are expected to win or expected to compete well. And then uh, the the Chicago game being a prime example, they went to that. The Chicago is a favorite and. We're never really in it. So, um, so if you tell me right now the Giants come here and win, I don't think anyone would be shocked by that. And it's only one and a half point favorite anyway. I mean, it's a game that can go either way. And you're talking about two two offenses that are really struggling to score, and you know, if you, you know, it could be a you know seven to six game at the end. It's sort of like the Jets and Giants game last weekend, thirteen to ten. It could be that kind of game. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it's that low scoring game where. But both teams are just really struggling to get uh, get up down the field. God, Mark, I hope you're more entertained than that game. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the end of that game. It, it wasn't very pretty. <laughs> Mark Anderson, continue great work uh, covering the Raiders for the Associated Press. We'll talk to you down the line. Thanks for a couple minutes. That sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. When we return, we'll check out what's going on with the Los Angeles Chargers as we do part two of Know Your Opponent. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. Now we turn our attention to the Sunday night battle between the Jets, a Monday night battle rather, between the Jets and the Los Angeles Chargers. Joe Reedy 
covers the L.A. Chargers for the Associated Press, and he joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, Larry Hardenstein, Gordon Damer, how are you this evening? Doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right, Joe. Joe, I'm going to start with the head coach. Now, you know, from the outside, we always seem to find something to second-guess Brandon Staley about, whether, you know, whether he's held the team back, you know, some of the moves he's made, whatnot. You see him every day. Are we being unfair? Is he a little better than what we we're giving him credit for? Well, I mean, his, his record is a little bit over 500 right now, and it's it's certainly been a roller coaster. Um, if you base him, you know, on the defense only, he came in as a defensive guy, and the, and the teams rank low in the league. Um, it hasn't gone as well as expected in in that area. I think the offense you know, has been inconsistent uh, due to some injuries and due to lack of a running game. But I think any time a coach blows a 27-point lead in the first half, especially in the era of social media and with as highly regarded as Justin Herbert is, the second-guessing is, is going to happen a lot. And this team... It, it, He's he's struggled against Kansas City, and it just seems like in big games sometimes that uh, they don't come through. At three and four, Joe, how hot is the hot seat for Staley? It's lukewarm. I think getting warmer by the day. This this team doesn't like to make midseason moves. Uh, probably more late season, but I also think too this. This team has been team roller coaster. Um, two close losses to begin the season, two close wins to even the record, followed by two bad losses on national TV, and then uh, you know they, they 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 dominated in most aspects Chicago, but I think the second half struggles on offense they've turned up a little bit and it's going to be, it's a tough second half schedule. And when the standard is to get back to the playoffs, but also was supposed to be to contend for the division and they're nowhere close to contending for the division right now, the, the, the pressures are ramping up. I think not only on Brandon Staley, but general manager Tom Telesco. Joe, you mentioned the Chicago game. I mean, Chargers scored on their first five possessions over Chicago, so that's about as good as it gets. So we understand Chicago's got some adjustments to, that they need to make defensively. But you alluded to the inconsistencies. What is missing? This is a, you know, when we look at Justin Herbert, we see great talent. You've got really good receivers. You mentioned the running game. What is missing from this Chargers offense to make it more consistent? I think I think lack of a consistent running game. It played very well against Miami in week one. Austin Eckler was healthy, and then Eckler missed the next three games with an ankle injury. But it, it, there really hasn't been – there's been the lack of a second established running back. I think there's been some injuries, and also the offensive line hasn't played as well as maybe it did the past couple years, which, is, which, has, been a, uh, which has been a little bit of a factor too. I think also this offense is is missing Mike Williams, um, very valuable second receiver, and could get the could get the big catches on intermediate and deep routes. And 
that hasn't it, it, it not happened in the rest of the season. You're kind of looking for that second receiver to step up. Joshua Palmer's done it at times, but is battling a knee injury. First round pick Quentin Johnson is learning to adjust to the uh, NFL a little bit. He had a good game last week, but uh, that was the first first good one he had. So, and I also think with the new offensive coordinator and Kellen Ward, it's kind of still still working through some things. Joe, the Chargers still have the Lions on the schedule, the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs. Is this game against the Jets on Monday night almost a must win for them? Yeah, it's a it's a gotta have it because you lose this one. If you lose to Detroit, you're three and six after nine games. That's a that's a real that's a real difficult road to to even contend for a wild card. And, and let's face it, it is a very jam packed AFC right now in, in terms of the in terms of the wild card spots and getting it three and six. Especially at the middle of the year, I I don't I don't know if the rest of the conference comes back to the pack. I I kind of doubt it at the moment, and uh, you know it's not like the Jets with the one and three start. All of a sudden they catch fire and they're back in it. You know if the Jets were one and five or one and six trying to then come back, um, I think it would be I think it would be a little bit a little bit of a longer road for them. Joe, you mentioned the Jets, and when you've got names on your defense like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and, of course, the up-and-coming uh, Asante Samuels Jr., uh, they have to feel pretty good facing an offense that has not really put a lot of points on the board and an offensive line that clearly has struggled. Yeah, I think I saw I think I saw that Zach Wilson's second-most sack quarterback in the league, I think his pressure rate is, is first or second among uh, – Quarterbacks with a lot of starts. Uh, yeah, I mean, with a lot of snaps. Excuse me. So I think this is this is almost for for the pass rush a get well type game. Joey Bosa played very well last week, first time he had been able to practice almost all all of the season, all of the all of that week, and he feel he feels better and healthy now. And I think the one thing. That if you're a Jets fan or the Jets offensive line, that you really got to be concerned about. There were five or six plays last week where both Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack were uh, pass rushing from the same side. So it's almost, you know, which which one do you double and which one do you chip? And they they do have depth as far as pass rushers and fat guys. The second round pick uh, Tuli Tuapiopo uh, from USC. Is is played very well so far. Morgan Fox had a uh, streak where he had a sack, and I think about four or five straight games. So it's not just it's not just Bosa and Mac that you got to worry about when it comes to pass rushing. We we're, we're listing all the, the the talent they have on defense, but it's not it's not performed up to that. What's missing on this defense, Joe? I think that I think you've got a head coach that. Might be too. Who, who's also the defensive coordinator? Who might be a little too wedded in his beliefs, and I think doesn't adjust well at times. This is a team that plays mostly zone defense, and it struggles playing zone defense. I mean, that's that's why uh, J.C. Jackson is well no longer here. Which you know, you see how J.C. is kind of 
kind of gotten back in, in his stride in New England and stuff, that's because New England played man defense. And, you know, I, there's, there's times when I wonder if the head coach matches his personnel and maybe just becomes a little too stubborn and not makes uh, adjustments. Because in that Kansas City game, once they switched to a man coverage, they played better, but they were they were down 24-17, and that became a uh, defensive game until late in the fourth quarter. Joe Reedy, thanks for a couple of minutes. You do a great job covering the L.A. Chargers for the Associated Press. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you down the road. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. When we return, we'll get your phone calls. Our, our opponents, uh, Gordon, gave us a lot of information, especially mm-hmm. the – Bosa and Khalil Mack rushing from the same side, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good for that Jet offensive line. No, Jet offensive line does not need any more difficulties than that. No, they do not. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, that's a tough way to end for Levis. I mean, he was he, – he, the defense fooled him. He thought he had a guy with two people around. Him. He ends up throwing into triple coverage with the with the linebacker dropping back. Oh, it's a tough loss. That's a tough. Loss. It is, but you know, like the old line, you got to lose to know how to win. That's yeah. going on the road to Pittsburgh against that defense, and uh, hopefully for Will Levis, he'll learn from that. But uh, yeah, it was a good, entertaining Thursday night game. You can't it was. Uh, went right down to the wire, and uh, it was entertaining. So. No question about it. Hopefully, we get a couple of games like that involving the Jets and Giants this weekend. Uh, okay, I wouldn't. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not home. Uh, uh, getting my hopes up, but uh, you never know. You never know. You know, stranger things have happened. Broken clock is right twice a day, so it, it could. Want to want to want to put some shekels on that? Uh, shekels have already been placed on that. Really? Oh. My. Well, this, yes. this, this, tell me where you are. You must be doing very well to have shekels invested on the local teams. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> Jets this week. Justin Herbert. I figured it out. Uh huh. Justin Herbert is a is a catfish. Okay. He is an NFL catfish. Okay. He, you look at him and you watch him at times, and almost he's the perfect quarterback for the Chargers. At times, you think yes. to yourself, "Man, this team—they've got it all. Yeah, they're gonna they go. They're gonna go places. Yeah." And then, sure enough, those red flags always pop up at the worst times. They always—they find ways to lose. They find they dumb, the coach finds dumb things to do. The quarterback makes dumb throws. They—they're always injured. They're always hurt. So uh, I am big on the Jets this weekend, and I don't even want your points. Wow. I am on the Jets' money line this week. Outright. 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 Wow. Coming off our first winning week on the Saturday picks in a very long time, Larry. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been been a hot minute. Woo, boy. (laughs) It has been a hot minute. We need some reinforcements on that FanDuel account. Well, like I said, like I always say, you were due. I was due. Oh, my God. I was overdue. (laughs) And you can't you you brought it home. That's a good job. I'm buddy. like the Cleveland Guardians uh, these days. I'm oh my so gosh! Overdue. Yeah, it's wow, been a yeah, while. Do. It Yo. felt like uh, it felt like it was 19, whatever it was when they last won 47 or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. it was. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Right, let's see what the folks have to say. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Robbie's in Massachusetts. What's up, Robbie? Hello, Robbie. 
Uh-oh. Robbie's lost Robbie? I think Robbie's doing this other radio show. We'll, we'll see he if he might comes be, back. He might be. That does <laughs> he happen. might be doing this radio show. Right. Blow him! <laughs> Mikey's in Queens. What's up, Mikey? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having my call. Um, so, real quick, before I get to my real question, I just want your opinion on who you think is going to win the Dallas Philly game. Who you think is going to win which game? The Dallas Philly game. Um, I'm thinking Philly for me. I'm liking yeah, tough. All right. Uh, uh, what's the line? I think the line is three in that game. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. I mean, I could see Dallas winning that game. Philadelphia has okay. not looked great so far this year. Nope. And I'm and just Jack rolling Prescott this ice. Prescott has looked good the last couple of weeks. I don't know. He has. Um, and Hurts is not himself. Yeah, he's been killing it. He's been yeah. killing it, actually, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He really has. But that's Dak, and if Dak does Dak things – you know, that's true. Yeah. It can happen. Lose the game. Right. Yeah. If I, I, okay. I don't know that so I would bet Mike, it this weekend, but if I had to bet it, I'd probably take the Cowboys and the points. Okay. All right. Thank you for answering that. Now, my main question is, okay, if the Yankees get Juan Soto and the Mets get Otani, who do you think is going to be the better team and has the better record? And in a year when Otani's pitching, all right, Mikey, thanks for the phone call. Well, if that's the case, then, I, then Gordon, I'm going to go with Otani because I've got him in two different positions, slight edge over Soto. Uh, well, here's the thing. It almost doesn't matter mm-hmm. because they're both great. They're both great at what they do. But the big thing, like the Yankees are the perfect example this year. The big things really don't matter. It's yeah. about doing the little things right, finding value at undervalued prices, putting a team together. Um, the, the Texas Rangers, perfect example. What was their big move in the offseason? They went out and got Jacob deGrom and lost them almost immediately. Mm-hmm. But they had enough depth and, and other pieces, and they did a good enough job putting their team together top to bottom. Baseball, more than any other sport, you got to have a full team. So I, it's almost impossible for me to say because the Yankees had two great stars this year. They had Judge when he played. He, he was at an MVP type of level, didn't play enough to, to be in the, the real running there. And you had Garrett Cole, who's almost certainly going to be the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. So Soto could come in and be Juan Soto and be fantastic. I don't know necessarily that that will tell me how the Yankees are going to go if they don't improve the other areas of the team. But suffice to, suffice to say, they would be uh, markedly better than they were last year. And now some of the folks who you had to play, you cannot put on your bench, so that makes your bench a little deeper. Yeah, but I mean, okay, let's say let's say they, they get Juan Soto. Yep. They put him in left field. He's batting third or, or second in front of Judge or however they want to do it. That's great. Who's playing third base? Who's the catcher? What's happening at second base? What's the rest of the rotation? Who's in center field? Is Rizzo back? I mean, there's so many questions that, that one thing doesn't. And, and the big things, there was a time where Brian Cashman didn't do the big things necessarily that great, but the little things he did really well. And mm-hmm. those little things were kind of really important to, to, to getting a, a winning team. Mm-hmm. Right now, after this year, they did the, the big things. Cole was great. Judge was great. Everything else was a disaster. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that that's really where the the rubber hits the road. I think they have to do a much better job of completing and putting together a full team. Yeah. More well, so the Mets have the, a, the Mets have a similar situation, Gordon. I mean, mm-hmm. they do. Um, you know, if Otani comes in now, 
when the caller said, as as Mikey said, uh, with as a pitcher, that's what gives me an edge because now I got him in two different spots, so I can help my starting rotation. Boy, that needs some added depth to it, uh, and I can and I've got an added bat in the lineup. Uh, but yeah, I'm still looking for you know is is uh, what's my third base situation? Is is you know I think I have my catcher in Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I do there. I if everything goes well, I have my first baseman for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, at least in Alonso, one more year. Yeah. You know, at least you know I I know I have my shortstop. Uh, what am I doing? I mean, I think I'm bringing up the kid to play second. So I guess I'm putting, uh, you know, McNeil in the outfield somewhere. I mean, what, you know, so. Yeah, a lot of questions there, too. A lot, there's a lot of questions everywhere. It, it Every feels team's like got with, a lot of questions. It feels like with the Yankees, though, they have a lot more dead weight. Yeah. They have yeah. a lot more dead weight that they just have yeah. to kind of cut. And some of them they can't really cut loose. Yeah. Um, they just have below average players. You have to have at least average people everywhere and hopefully above average people everywhere. And, and you got some age. That value. And you got some age there. See, see, that's Absolutely. the other issue too. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, yep. you know, you you don't know what you're getting out of your first baseman. Is Rizzo going to be back? Is he not going to be back? If he comes back, what position, what condition is he going to be in? Or you have to start thinking about maybe platooning him with DJ. Is that a scenario that you want to do? Well, what um, am I getting out of Stanton next year? I mean, I don't know. If, who knows? Who knows? He's working somewhere right now, though, Gordon. Oh, he's stretching. He's sure working. He he's, he's, he's getting flexible. He's doing that. Yo, oh, he's, he's doing, doing that. The, the downward dog they do, Larry. <laughs> he's, he's doing, doing crow. He's getting really. He's doing uh, the the one that they uh, warrior two, warrior yeah. three. All the different positions. He's getting in there. Kickboxing with Lagreca. Uh, he's doing he's, everything. He's, he's he's deep, knee deep in it. <laughs> knee deep. Knee deep. <laughs> Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? You know, Gordon, this is the first time, you know, a lot of times I heard you bet the Jets, where I, I don't really feel like you're being a wise guy. I feel like it's legit. Oh, he's putting his money down, Buddha. Buddha, he Buddha, doesn't play with money. <laughs> hand to God, a sizable part of my FanDuel balance is on the Jets this week. I'm not going to get into what I'm, you know, because that, that, that's not going to do well for me. I don't need that information out there. I will just say this is <laughs> – uh, in terms of units, this is more than, than five units. Whoa. Yeah, no, I believe you, and I yeah. agree with you. Like I said to you yesterday, I'd be very disappointed if the Jets lose this game. Uh, the, the Chargers, to me, are a soft team. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from the coach, and it permeates to the quarterback, and it permeates to the other players on the field. You know, finger pointing and the stuff that those guys were saying about the coach. And when he, Whenever you hear that stuff, that's never a good sign on any football team. You know, um, but, like, when you were talking about um, the quarterbacks and, and, and you know, um, Will Levis, you know, and, and, and how quarterback evaluation is not a perfect science, I just I would implore you guys just one more time. I know I spoke to you about this guy a lot of times. Washington is playing USC, and, and I'm not trying to disparage Caleb Williams at all. He's a very dynamic player. He's a great player in, in his own right. But the, the best throw of the football that I've seen in college in, 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 in many years is that kid Michael Penix Jr. Mm. And I, before when I spoke to y'all, uh, the easy parallel was to compare him to Warren Moon. But when you really look at the way he throws the ball, Moon threw a, a tighter spiral. Mm-hmm. But with Penix Jr., he throws that Dan Fouts pass that you know, has a little bit of wobble in the front and, in the, uh, you know, in the butt of the football, but it's so accurate and the release is so natural. You just got to watch this guy. I'm telling you, if you, sit, if you even if you DVR that game, if you watch that game with Washington USC, and we we will touch bases on on Monday. I'm telling you, this kid is one of the 
I mean, one of the prettiest throwers of the football that I've seen in years, and he's accurate, and he sees the field. He, he, you know, he might be the gem out of this whole draft. Okay. But, you know, look, you guys were talking about, um, you know, I think you brought up Aaron Judge before, and, you know, and, and I'm going to take the Jets aside out of it. You know, in terms of two teams I root for, besides the Jets, you know, with the Yankees and the 76ers, they both have, like, one of the generation's best players. I mean, if Aaron Judge had a table set in front of him or, you know, some, some protection behind him in the lineup, he'd give you 350 home runs and 115 RBIs every year. And, you know, I respect his talent and I, and I, and I love his talent and I wish they'd do the right thing behind, you know, by him and give him, you know, the, the, the people that he needs to work with. But then when I look at the 76ers and I look at Joel Embiid, you know, when you and Jokic is the best player in the NBA, but you know, let's look at Jokic compared to Joel. Aside from passing, if it's rebounding, let let's say that that's a wash. Scoring, Joel is a is a better and more multifaceted scorer than Jokic. And defensively, there's no comparison. He's a much better player defensively than Jokic. So you know, with all this Harden stuff that's going on and everything, it just had me sitting back and thinking. And different from the Aaron Judge, like like I said, Aaron Judge hasn't had the right support around him in many ways. But in the NBA, we all know MVPs that we've watched through years. And these excuses with him, you know, and, and I don't know if he's making it, but people have made it for him. He needs to have this, he needs to have that. Listen, Harden being gone is addition by subtraction. Can you give me that one year where you put a team on your back, where you carry them, where mm. you play 71 games and are healthy and available in the playoffs. Because I, I, when I look at the Bucks, they seem better, you know, with the addition of Lillard. But when you watch them play, they're not unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And I love Boston and all that. They have a lot of good players. You're going to tell me that Joel Embiid can't dominate Chris Porzingis in a seven-game series. you, you got to get it done, bro. I mean, this is your legacy on the line. You know what I mean? I do, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. And um, he is—he's got no more excuses now, Gordon. Nope. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. And Tyrese Maxey is now. It's early, yeah. Gordon, mm-hmm. but he—he he looks like he is so happy that Harden's out of the oh, way. Oh my God! And Sixer <laughs> fans should be ecstatic that uh, he's out of there and now Maxey's in there. Oh, Maxey looks—he—he's so, just—you're really seeing his talent blossom a lot. Once again, it is early. But mm-hmm. he's really getting his talent blossoming. I mean, they're they're, they're a better team. And as you mentioned earlier about <laughs> about James Harden, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe James Harden's like Sixers didn't want me. You didn't want them. Oh my God! What are you talking about? They I didn't mean, want you. How could anybody put up with someone like that? I mean, it, it, it would be one thing if he were still, even if he were still MVP level. Yeah. To put up with that level of delusion. Yeah. He's talking, oh, I'm not a system player. I am the system. I mean, guy, dude, come on. And here's the bad thing. Even when he was an MVP player, he was an MVP player in the postseason. When it he did. No. I mean, and that and look, th- there's no sport where the, the, the playoffs mean more than the NBA. That's where it's the true. stars win. No question. It's a no it's, it. it's, it's star league. It is. It is. Got to get it done. You dig. Yeah. Mm. I dig. We, we, we're Doug. Yes. <laughs> Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. Justin Herbert is a catfish.
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon, before we get back to the phone calls, well, uh, I know you're on a roll. What else are you doing Saturday morning? Um, well, I, I think we're going to be taking a lot of looks at uh, the, the football teams, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the baseball teams are back in the mix because the World yeah, Series is over. Yeah. And, this is, and, and given how the baseball seasons went, this is the more interesting time. It's true. Although I will say this. <laughs> I saw a quote today from Scott Boris on Pete Alonso. We welcome all comers. Everybody's invited. <laughs> well, did, did he feel the need to say that? Did, did, he, did he think that we didn't know that? And he says it helps the communication when everybody knows the, the situation. This was part of the Gerald Sherman podcast. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. And by the way, I see that... Um, uh, Carlos Mendoza, Yankee bench coach. Yeah, seems like it, he's got a real shot here. Interviewing for the Met job. Yeah, it's, uh, Andy Martino's reporting is that they're they're very high on him. Yeah, and of course you know, uh, Craig, the leader in the clubhouse, Craig Council. Yes, decided to drop by today and have a little chit chat. Right. I, you would still have to think that he is the. I would think so. I would think so. It's him but in the field. It's him in the field. He's the leader in the clubhouse right now. I would say. I would say. You know, so yeah, so some baseball on so that's good, that's and good. and clearly on Saturday, the major focus will be TikTok. No, oh, I'm sorry. How the Knicks perform in their first game in the in-season uh, tournament? Bing bong against Milwaukee. Against Milwaukee, Dame Lillard, Giannis. Both of them combined for 34 points in the last game. And when you look at that, you're like, you know, you know, it's funny. I, and I'll get to calls in a second. You watch the highlights of that game, and you know the first thing I said to myself? If they only had Drew Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> then you'd be cooking. Then well, you'd be we rolling. need to see what the Knicks do coming off that loss, Randall mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it's, always, it's always bubbling with Randall. It is. It he's is. had far more successful seasons than this, regular seasons than this, and it's bubbling. So when I he's know. not playing well like this right now, the fans – yeah. They're ready. It's percolating. They're ready. I mean, I mean, I, somebody said, I was talking to a Nick fan today, Gordon, who said to me, he's finished. I'm like, he's done. <laughs> he's finished. I mean, Nick fans, you got to laugh. Mean, uh, guys, I mean. guys, the season just started. They're coming off their most successful season in two decades. They finally oh, won a playoff series. Yep. For done. the first he, he is the number one option for the head coach. They are tied at the hip. Done. He's done. He's, He's done. finishing this town. Done. He's done. He scored six points against He's the Cavaliers done. in November. Done. <laughs> he told me he was done. I mean, come Over. on. Nick, Over. Nick, now, Nick fans have got to come back down. I'm much. willing, and I understand the disappointment. I get it. And I of course. That, I get that, it. Sure. I get it. But, even Gordon, even me. Just so a handful of games. As Joe Leo said, if you hit some free throws, you, 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 you're like you've got one loss. Mm-hmm. As bad as you've played, as bad as this offense has been. And it's not just Julius Randle, okay? Jalen Brunson has not exactly been Mr. Efficient either. Nope. You know, Everybody so seems like they're a little lagging here. Yeah. They're, they're running in quicksand. I don't know what they did in that in training camp, but it didn't work. And I was concerned about Brunson. We had that conversation mm-hmm. with him playing during the summer. Yep. I was concerned about him. How is he going to be able to bounce back? Because he logged some pretty good minutes over there. 
So, you know, so it's going to be interesting, interesting discussion. Of course, uh, on Sunday, Gordon, we'll be um, uh, following what happens with Giants and Raiders. Yep. We'll be previewing uh, Knicks. Uh, uh, we'll be reviewing, much like you, uh, the Knicks and also the Nets. And we'll be previewing what's going on with the uh, New York Football Jets. So we both have some interesting things going on this week. Oh, by so. the way, I've yes. been doing this run through horror movies. Have you now? I got this list of, of science horror movies, uh, the scariest movies based on, on science. Like they, they hook people up. Uh -huh. To like an EKG while they're watching the movie to measure their heart rate to see which ones affected their heart the most. So there's really? this list out there of the top 20 of all time. Uh huh. There was one on the list that I watched this week. Larry, this, I don't even think it's close. This was the worst movie I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. Holy in crap. my life, Larry. Uh -huh. You and I could go out tomorrow with a camcorder and film a better movie than this. Okay, what's the name of it? I'm going to save that for Saturday. Okay, okay. but I'll just tell you this: was when I describe what happened in this movie, mm -hmm. it's wor it was worse than The Irishman. Whatever oh, your worst, bring your worst movie on Saturday. This movie blows it away. Uh, in terms of the worst movies. This uh -huh. is Godfather 1 and 2 combined. Wow. 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 And it was ranked like fifth on this list. Wow. I've, seen, I've seen children's programming that was scarier than this movie. <laughs> There's been episodes of Peppa Pig that have scared me more than this movie did. I'm si I fell asleep. To tell you how to, to show you how stupid I am, uh -huh. I, I had to rent it, right? Okay. So I rent it the first night. Fell asleep. Uh -huh. Fell asleep watching it. So you only have the rentals for two nights. Okay. Second night, I start watching it again. I also start to fall. I feel myself start to fall asleep. I nod off. I say, oh, wait a second. I got to get this. I got to watch the movie before the thing. It clipped. It, it got me. Like the window, the 48-hour window to oh, watch no. the movie ended. So I had to pay a second time to uh -huh. see how the stupid thing ended. It was dreadful. They so got you're me twice, biased. Larry. So you're a little biased is what you're saying. No, it was, I had to see how this ended. It was that okay. bad. And, well, and trust me, the ending was the dumbest. It, as bad as it was up until that point, uh -huh. the ending was even worse. Gordon, there was a movie, and I can't think of the name of it. I've been trying. There was a movie that, and it used to be on, it was on HBO, used to be on HBO, I mean, routinely. And it was, I can't think of the name of it, but it was this, this person that had these heads on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what they did was they, they took one of the heads off the shelf and they took their head off Uh huh. and they walked around with no head and the other head off the shelf in their hands. And they started walking around. That was, does not sound of, familiar. It was one. I'll, I'll get the name of it for you. I have to get the name of it for you. It was, I looked at, I was just like, I was like, okay. this was on the list of the scariest movies of all time. If they ever go about the scientific findings of the worst movies of all time, this uh -huh. would be by far number one going away. You know, this is, it's funny. You mentioned that this is a reminder to uh, Joe and Harvey and Chantel and Julian uh, start thinking about the March Madness stuff that we have to do. Now's a good time to start thinking yes, about it. Yes, this would be that. a good time to start thinking of ideas. <laughs> you mentioned that. That's a good time to start thinking about what we're going to do there. You Absolutely. Know.
you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. All right, my friend, good luck. Uh, Sunday morning, I know at 9.30 you'll be glued to the TV. Little, uh, you know, little oh, Dolphins God. Chiefs. <laughs> right, I'll still be in bed. I'll still be live. I'll roll over. Chargers, uh, the, the, the Chiefs will be up 17 nothing. I'll go, roll back, go right back, back to bed. Exactly. Have a good weekend, my friend. Good night, too, everybody. Man.